Hi, this is Gilbert Hi. Gottfried, and I'm here with Frank Sando Padre, and this is Gilbert and Frank's amazing colossal obsessions. How that rolls off your tongue. <laughs> and who's with us tonight, pray tell? Ah, uh, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> who's playing the part of Raybone? Yeah. He's, he's right. Gilbert's looking deeply into my eyes. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm stumped. There's a slip of paper in your program. The yes. part of Raybone tonight uh, yes. will be played by. By Raybone. By Raybone himself. Yes. And your music's back. Yeah. Your, right. your, 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 my, my, what do your, we, your what music cue. It's like the Jaws thing. What do you it's call the, it? It's uh, the Munchausen yeah. theme. Munchausen yeah. theme. Yeah. <laughs> Frank's going to market that. You got any, uh, you got any, uh, any housekeeping? Anything you want to say uh, to our well, listeners before we start on this motif, see. this premise? Hmm. Not much. Yeah. Anything happening on Twitter? On Twitter. Nobody wrote you. Nobody sent you anything fun. Any interesting gigs? Any interesting bookings? No. Okay. <laughs> any rags? Any bones? Any bottles Not today? today any rags? Right. Uh, that's a little Groucho reference because it's his birthday. Yes. Today. Yes. And all who else was born today Ooh. on this day? Bud Abbott. Wow. And I huh? think I think Groucho once said that Bud Abbott was the greatest straight man. There you go. Paul, you have anything? No, I don't. Okay. Um, I'm okay, ready to go, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's been a pleasure. <laughs> why don't we get into the premise Let's get into of this mini-episode? This is a book called TV Turkeys. Uh, oh, I do have one thing. <laughs> okay, of course. <laughs> yeah. Once the show starts. <laughs> Bill Macy. It's like the kid who didn't go to the bathroom before we left the house. Bill Macy uh, crashed into a parked car. Yes. He's the only person who could crash into well, a car. Well, he doesn't park. see terribly well. Yeah, and... But they said when he was in the hospital, he wanted everybody. He called Darry. He wants a copy of the podcast with us because he wants to play it for everyone in the hospital. That's <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> I'm so proud. <laughs> uh, why did he crash into a parked car? Uh, He's 96. <laughs> yeah, Is there a possi possibility that he shouldn't be driving? Maybe. At his age? Maybe. You, you never got a driver's license. No. Never yeah, did, okay. and I still drive better than Bill Mason. <laughs> yeah. That's frightening. Yeah. I mean, he didn't. He didn't kill anybody. No, That's no, no. <laughs> this book is called TV Turkeys by a writer named Kevin Allman, and it was sent to us as a gift by a listener society member named Josh Chambers. Josh has actually started what is this? The fifty third uh, Facebook fan page. Oh wow! Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Frank's got a trigger finger. <laughs> the, uh, the the Gilbert Gottfried Amazing Colossal Literary Society is wow. now is oh, now a page wow. I'm told where he talks about books that that guests so Gilbert, mention or reference Gilbert has on the inspired show. People to Gilbert think has much inspired more. people. There's a Gilbert Gottfried official library. See, wow. yeah. so there you go. It's, it's with so the I want some respect. He yeah, wants some respect. Yeah. It's the high shelf at the gas station. It is. <laughs> it is. Uh, it's the porn shelf that uh, <laughs> Billy West said. <laughs> And Bud Abbott kept the hype, the uh, the good porn on. So this is uh, we went through this book. We actually opened it when he first sent it a couple of months ago, and Gilbert was thrilled to find that yes. the thick of the night. Because I know in here. if it's a book about terrible TV or movies, I, if they don't have me in there, then uh, the book's not worth anything. You're in the book. Yeah. There's a paragraph that says, as thick of the night rumbled on toward its debut, a cast of repertory comedians was assembled, including popular stand-up. Richard Belzer, 
former SNL regular. Yes. Have you been ever been referred to as former SNL regular? Oh God. Gilbert I, Gottfried, you and and uh, and Ann Risley, and Chloe Webb, the future star of Sid and Nancy. Yes. Oh, she was married to Kevin Pollack? Chloe uh, Webb? Do I have that right? I don't know. Anyway, Thicker the Night is in the book. I didn't pick that one, but there there are some real goodies in here. Uh, which which I did pick, and you know these shows, and I asked Paul to do a little bit of research on okay. them. Oh, boy. <laughs> Going way back. So, so you yeah. could definitely go home now, Paul. <laughs> yeah, it's called TV Turkey's An Outrageous Look at the Most Preposterous Shows Ever on Television. So it's not just bad shows. Yeah. It's preposterous shows. Preposterous. So what? here's one from 1961 going all the way back. Gilbert knows this. We've talked about it. You're in the picture. Oh, with the Jackie Gleason yes. one. Yes. Well, that's where Jackie Gleason the next week went on TV. Correct. And did a long apology he did. about it. He it did. Was it so was bad. canceled after one airing. It it aired on it aired once, January twentieth, nineteen sixty one. Uh Gleason disliked rehearsing. Yeah. So famously, so they thought, well, we'll give him a game show like Groucho. Oh, All he'll have to do is ad lib. Yeah. And he won't have to rehearse. And they gave him this just god awful premise. Yeah, well yeah, yeah, they you couldn't see the picture around you. You stuck your head. Correct. Through it. Celebrities it's, did. It's like and, one of those things in Times Square where well, the Coney Island yeah. with the president or Coney Island. Yeah. yeah. And and you had to guess what picture you were sticking right. your head through. It was a yeah. horrible four idea. celebrities stuck their heads through the holes in a plywood board. <laughs> With painted on bodies. By the way, those four celebrities were Keenan Wynn. Oh, gee. Pat Carroll, still alive. Wow. Arthur, Chef Pat Carroll, just to talk about you're in the picture. Arthur Treacher. Gee. And Jan Sterling were the four celebrities. Um, yes, they stuck their head through the hole and they had to guess what the picture was. That they they formed or the and, picture that accompanied the hole. And somebody said, hey, that's a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and so Gleason was so embarrassed by this debacle that he came back the following week when the viewers turned in, tuned in the following week. It was just him in he a chair. He was just alone in a studio. With a black curtain. Yeah. yeah. And just he, apologizing. He spent a half like, an hour apologizing. Yeah. I, got, well, can I, I got one line from his from his apology. Oh, you do? I do. He, says, he said, last week we did a show called You're in the Picture that laid without a doubt the biggest bomb in history. I'm telling you, friends, that I've seen bombs in my day. This would make the H bomb look like a two inch. A two inch? Like a two inch. What's a two something. inch? Yeah, that's oh, me. I don't know. Yeah, just ask but, uh, my wife. That's a pretty transparent. <laughs> Thank you, Arnie Kogan. And, and I remember Paul Newman did a live uh, play on TV. Like an early live play called The Silver Chalice. Oh, yeah, sure. And he hated it so much, he took out a page. Wasn't that a feature film, The Silver Chalice? I thought it was TV. I thought it was TV, but I remember he took out a page in Variety to apologize. Yeah. Well, he had that one, and Tony Curtis had the Black Shield of Falworth. Oh, yeah. I remember they each had Dundalized their- Vandalized the castle of my father. That's for you, Gino. Paul Lynn yeah. bring that game show back years later with a smaller hole and a, and a less- <laughs> Yeah, it was called Glory Hole. Well, yeah. it was on Paul, Paul Lynn's Glory Hole. That's right. It was good, but Goodson and Very Tobin successful. show. Yeah. yeah. It also didn't click. The other thing I got a kick out of this was, you, you know, <laughs> what, his, what his tone was with the apology, but before the show aired, 
This is some of what Gleason had to say. We're trying to pick the greatest and most attractive people. We have so many people who want to do the show, so many attractive people. It's a tough decision to make. Does that ring a bell at all? We're trying to find the best people. We, the every, best people? Everybody, what, wants, tr- everybody wants to. Yes, yeah, a Trumpian, yeah, a Trumpian line. I, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it's. He, goes, a, he says, we're trying to get Raymond Massey, B. Lilly, Jonathan Winters, and what's the name of that great dame? Yeah, Lauren Bacall. Uh, <laughs> what's the name of that great dame? <laughs> Where did you find that? I, uh, TVobscurities.com. Wow. I'm glad you mentioned I hope we that's can, accurate. We can thank them. Well, it, that's it, fun stuff. TV ac- Accuracy has never been the most, our most important. We're at podcast, <laughs> we're podcast obscurities.com. <laughs> that's right. This show. I'm pretty sure it's the only time Gleason ever attempted a game show. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. That's it's, a, it's I, pretty, we should do another episode called Celebrity Apologies. Oh, uh, yeah. What, I'm sorry. I, I had so much you, fun with this one. The final episode. The guests were George Jessel and Rudy Valley. I oh, like geez. that. For, <laughs> that's uh, where. The, do you? Rem- I remember uh, on Gleason. I mean Gleason's, you know, variety show. Yeah. I guess he was the sad sack in one of the bits. The poor soul. Uh, yeah, and yeah. and he, I think he fell off a bike and hurt his back. That was the big news. I didn't know that. I got another one for you from the 60s, and this is one that's been discussed at length on this podcast, and it was also discussed with someone, a guest who was involved with this show. Ooh. 1969, I think you'll know where I'm going, uh, 50 years ago this year, it was canceled. It debuted on February 6th, 1969, a one-night stand. It was canceled oh, as it was making oh, its way across the country. That was that, was that George Slaughter <laughs> Turn one. on. Yep. Yep. Yeah, uh, Tim Conway, and Chuck, Chuck McCann. McCann. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's you know what's interesting. The the backstory is that Bristol Myers supposedly approached uh, George Slaughter in '68. They wanted another laughing. Yeah, and he took the 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 offer. He and Dig, uh, Digby Wolf, his co writer, they came up with a format that he said was closer to his original idea of what laughing was supposed oh. to be. But I don't know if that's true. It it uh, it CBS turned it down, NBC turned it down. Uh, an NBC executive reportedly said it was in bad taste and it wasn't funny, and it wound up at ABC. Uh, and they were desperate; they only had two hits: Bewitched, yeah, and the FBI, the Ephraim Zimbalist show. Yeah, so they took a risk on uh, on Turn On, and George got an eighteen episode commitment, and it lasted. I think 24 hours. And I think the story was they were having a party to celebrate the premiere of Turn On, and they didn't realize it had already been canceled. <laughs> they, they were as they, the, the uh, they had the party going to New York. Exactly yes. Right. And then as as the show rolled through the time zones, as the show rolled through the time zones. It was it was canceled in New York before it got to Ohio. Yes, and, uh, in Ohio yeah. they stopped it right mid fifteen minutes, stopped the thing completely. And he says, uh, by the time it got to California, they were ready for the uh, y- you know the the closing party. So he said we had our launch party and our closing party That's at the it. same time. And you'll appreciate this very economical to have both at the same time. Uh, yeah, it was <laughs> the Baltimore affiliate canceled it, and the Little Rock affiliate canceled it. They were angry. The yeah. local stations were flooded with angry calls. The local affiliates. Yeah, they canceled it. I mean, just like in the first five minutes. How did yeah. you, how did you know that story? I thought that that was a really odd. I think George yeah. George might have yeah. told us. When he was on with us, there was a dirty firing squad sketch. Uh, they, they, the word sex pulsated on the screen. I remember that. Yeah. I mean, because they were flush with the success of yeah. laughing yeah. and ABC, 
basically said, okay, guys, do what you want to do. Yeah. And they had, uh, they had some freedom, uh, and catchphrases ran across the screen. And one of them was the Amsterdam levy is a dike. <laughs> oh, jeez! <laughs> and the set was all, all white. Yeah. It was like a, a, like a computer with a lot yeah. of, and, and supposedly there's a lot of flashing and a lot of rapid cuts that were disturbing it, people. Yeah. It, it was, it was like when Hollywood was sort of thinking, Hey, you know, these, these kids with their dropping acid. (laughs) Yeah. Let's, let's do those kind of a fit. Poor Tim Conway. who had a checkered past as as trying, trying to launch his own shows. Got, got stuck in this thing. And, uh, uh, and one of our guests, Chuck McCann, as Gilbert mentioned, uh, this is the ABC affiliate in Philly was flooded with angry calls. Uh, George called it a ground well of hostility, (laughs) but he said, if this show, he angrily said, if this show is too much for the network, I look forward to a triumphant rerun of my mother, the car. (laughs) So he was, he was sticking in the knife. I don't even know if you can find any of Turn I was no, just going to say, look I for it. I remember when you mentioned the word sex, I remember there was one guy that just music playing, no dialogue, and he, he's talking to a girl, just their silhouette, and he opens his mouth and the word sex comes yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. She there reacts. There was supposedly a, a nun, a sketch with a nun. Oh, Something, yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. But yeah. I tried oh, to, I tried to find specifics. it. I looked around all over YouTube and other places, and uh, all I could find was 48 seconds of episode two. How did it look? For some, bad. It was somebody, <laughs> somebody had a motorcycle in the middle of this white thing. We never got Conway on here to talk about it. We got yeah. George to talk about says, it a little bit. Conway said, anytime George gets an award, I try to be in the audience and say, remember, turn on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Jumping around, so we talked about a game show and a sketch show, so I pulled different ones out of the book because I wanted to cover every genre. Uh, let's talk about 10 years after turn on. Let's talk about 1979. This is, I guess, a drama, a scripted series uh, essentially love boat on wheels. Do you know where I'm going with this? <laughs> oh, is this the train? Super train. So, oh God. <laughs> was that, uh, Fred Silverman? You, be- you know it. It was oh. Fred Silverman. It was, the, it was the nail in Fred Silverman's coffin. Yeah. That was going to be like kind of a love boat or, or like Irwin Allen. Cause he would have guest stars. Well, it was, it was basically the love boat rip yeah. because he'd been at ABC and yeah. had success with the love boat. And, and everything was riding on this thing. They took a $10 million chance Ooh. on this show. It was the most expensive show aired to date, Super Train. They built a train to scale, and they, they built a model. They built a full-size model that took up three, three sound stages. And they, oh, they damaged man. one of the models, didn't they? And it slowed them down, I think. I don't know that, but it, you know, it uh, was a Cold Stone ripoff of, right. of the Love Boat. Uh, Elon Musk, the guy behind uh, SpaceX and mm-hmm. the Tesla and all that, has, has a high-speed a bullet train? Uh, a bullet train. And I and I searched everywhere, and I have never seen him deny that Super Train was the inspiration. <laughs> could be. It could be. Uh, it was uh, Dan Curtis of Night Stalker and Dark wow! Shadows fame. He did the music. The poor, no, for... he was the producer. He oh, that um, Yes, He was yes. the poor guy they put in charge I of this. I remember Dan Curtis... Also produced a Jekyll and Hyde TV production. I remember that. With Jack Palance. And I, he did a. Did he Dracula. do the Palance, the, tra- the Dracula that Palance did? He, oh, he yes. Might have been behind he he that. did the Dracula with Palance. Of too. Night Stalker yes. fame. Dan Curtis was a terrific producer, yeah. and a very creative guy. 
He must have been just taking a check. <laughs> he was the guy put in charge of this. And who did the music for Dark Shadows? Oh, I'd have to. Uh, I'd have to. If we had a researcher, we could call. Uh, if only. <laughs> Paul, Paul, would you look up on Craigslist and see if there is a researcher? I, I'll, I'll, I'll research that. Because yes. Stan Curtis would reuse. Yeah, sure. The Dark Shadows it was music. worth using. Yeah. This thing was such a stone. Uh, was such a a a. a, a copycat a shameless copycat yes. of of the love boat there was a doctor oh like, my god like bernie copel's character yes. there was a captain played by edward andrews wow remember that actor robert oh. robert alda played the doctor edward andrews was, was edward a, andrews was like in just about every doris day movie he was in every movie with the white hair and the and the and the thick and black glasses he was in the twilight zone where he gets replaced by a robot very good Charlie Brill was in the cast oh. of Super Train, not Mitzi. Um, they were so confident in Super Train that they scheduled it opposite Eight is Enough on ABC Jeez. and the Jeffersons, which was a juggernaut, on CBS, and they got killed. Uh, the first week got big numbers. Uh, it aired on my birthday in, in 1979, <laughs> and then it 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 crashed and, and derailed, I guess you could say. It lasted 12 weeks. They fired three cast members. They hired an actress to play a blonde social director. Oh, they were really oh my god, de desperate yes. to 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 turn it into the love boat. And remember, the love boat had like a group of girls. Did they call them the mermaids? I don't remember. Yeah. I don't remember. They, they uh, just Jim Colucci would know. Yeah. First guest star. <sighs> the guest stars on the first episode. You'll like this. Vicky Lawrence. Ooh. Once again, Keenan Wynn. Wow. <laughs> on, another, on another sinking <laughs> ship. He was on Get the You're in the Picture. <laughs> Stella Stevens. Oh, geez. And Steve Lawrence. Wow. Were the guests in the first episode of, you can find on Wikipedia an episode guide. And, uh, you know, it's typical uh, Love Boat people. Yes. So I've, I've, Lyle Wagner came through in Jaja. I'm coming through with crack research as you I love here. it. Yes. Composer was. Robert Colbert. Robert Colbert oh. produced the music for Dark now, Shadows. There yeah, you go, Gil. Can, yeah, can you composer. look up if the Love Boat had a group of girls that they were calling the mermaids, I think. There you go. Okay, let me see. Anyway, that was Super Train. Uh, it has a podcast connection because the sec on one of the guests on the second episode of Super Train was Dick Van Dyke. Oh. One of the guests on the third episode of Super Train was Paul Sand. Jeez. So there you go. The uh, We should have Fred Silverman on the show. Malkoff yeah. had him on the Carson podcast. Yeah. If, he, if he's a sport, there are stories. Oh, There oh are stories God, galore. Yes. Uh, the inventor of Jiggle TV, him and uh, Aaron Spelling. We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's amazing colossal podcast after this. Let's stay with 1979 and we'll do a, we'll do a sitcom that's in the book that Kevin Allman uh, selects. Uh, one of the all-time flops, the star of this show left a top 10 series to headline it. Any guess? Ooh. He left MASH. The name of the show was Hello, Larry. Oh, it starred that's McLean right. Stevenson. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. One of the all-time sitcom flops. The story goes that he didn't want to play second banana or third banana to, uh, to our friend Alan Alda. So he uh, he jumped at the chance to star in his own show on NBC. This was his third attempt, I might add. Uh, the first one was called the McLean Stevenson Show. 
That lasted a month. Then he did a show for CBS called In the Beginning. And I bring that up because Norman Steinberg, who was just in this room, wrote an episode of In the Beginning (laughs) where he played an uptight priest who teams with a hip streetwise nun. (laughs) And they work in a skid row mission. What could be wrong with that? What could wrong? What could go wrong with, <laughs> with, uh, with that show that lasted three and a half months. And then he went back to NBC, uh, to play a divorced radio host with two precocious daughters. And that was hello, Larry. Oh, and when they got desperate, they added Meadowlark lemon to the cast. <laughs> and it, it's, it's like, it's one of these things. I think when actors are younger, they go, no, I want to be the star. Well, he claimed that, and I don't know if this is true, but I I know he wore out his welcome there was one of the reasons that they killed off Henry Blake, mm. that Gelbart and the and the people who were running MASH, uh, you guys could research this, made the decision that they didn't want any reunions. They didn't want they didn't want McLean coming oh, back to MASH. Wow! So they made sure that Henry's plane took a nosedive into the Sea of Japan. <laughs> um, They've done that. A few times. Well, Charlie Sheen, right? Yes. Got bumped off yeah, they by, uh, killed by Chuck Lorre. But anyway. Um, but didn't they kill um, uh, uh, Roseanne? Yes. Yeah. Roseanne. Well, they had to. Yeah. <laughs> they had no choice there. The technical term is putting her down. Putting her down. But meanwhile, in the original series, they killed John Goodman. And I don't know, somehow he returned from the dead. Oh, yeah. That was. <laughs> well, wasn't that supposedly only a dream now that she oh, had that Christ. he died of a heart attack or, <laughs> or she dreaded that they won the lottery and they became rich, but she only dreamt it. Oh, I don't know, my wife watches geez. Roseanne. I never really watched Roseanne. What do you got on the mermaids? Paul? The mermaids. Uh, I don't have much. The show was going, somebody writes here, the show, this love boat was destined to join the Titanic at the bottom of the ocean. But Aaron Spelling decided he would fix that by hiring eight love boat mermaids. That's about all I got. There you go. Ah, Do we know who played the? Go. We know who played the, no, the mermaids. No names that I can find. There was one person who quit. Uh, let's see. Oh, here's some names. I don't know if you know them. Tony Tori Breno, Deborah Johnson was Patty, the mermaid Patty. You know these names, Gil? Ah, nah. Uh, so, so not too much there, except attractive young women. I don't remember the mermaids. Yeah, I remember that. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what else do I have about Hello, Larry? The show's reputation, first of all, was a spinoff from Different Strokes. And I don't know how. It's not in the book. But uh, the show's reputation was not helped by the repeated mentions in Johnny Carson's nightly monologues, where he basically beat up on Hello, Larry. I had heard, and I don't know uh, this to be uh, uh, absolutely accurate, but that McLean Stevenson had been sold a bill of goods, that he'd been promised that he was going to be featured more prominently oh. or that it was going to be more of an ensemble. Yeah. And then Hawkeye's character, Alan's character started to pull away yeah. a little bit. And he realized that he was not, and his ego couldn't take it or either that, or he felt that he had been deceived. Yeah. So three attempts, there were more McLean Stevenson shows after this one, but, but, uh, the McLean Stevenson show in the beginning and, and hello, Larry, which all get a mention in the book. So that's a sitcom, a game show, a drama. I don't know, would you call Super Train a drama? Uh, what was no. it? Like a comedy drama? Yeah. Like a, yeah. Like a romance? A romance. A scripted yeah. romance? The, uh, a love boat ripoff. A love yeah, boat this, ripoff. The, the problem with promoting that show was that the 
the lead of the show was the machine. Was the, the train. The train. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So yeah. You can't interview a train. You know? Yeah. I, I remember watching Super Train. Was uh, it ever a movie? Wasn't there a movie like that? <sighs> with, a, with an ensemble cast of. I just feel like there was a movie about a big train. It was just one of those there Super Trains. Yeah. There was there Silver was. Streak with Pryor no, and Wilder, no, but that's like, a Hitchcock knockoff. I know there was the big bus, but I could swear the there was. The big bus was. was <laughs> The big bus was what Gilbert was referencing before. Was it was a lame uh, uh, spoof of an Irwin Allen disaster movie? Yeah, where they were all trapped on a bus, but it was a nuclear powered bus, well, as I recall. To, it would have to be. Yeah, and and the super train was a nuclear powered bullet train. Right. Oh. Just for accuracy here. Right. Wow. Yeah, I know right. Paul's going to tell us what kind of engine yeah. was involved, but I don't remember a feature. I I just remember being at a drive-in and going, "What what am I watching?" Well, we'll throw that out to the listeners. If you can remember the the, the train, the super train, yeah. high powered train movie, I'm sure movie. people are screaming it out. I don't remember. <laughs> I don't remember one. There was a movie called The Cassandra Crossing on a train no. with with OJ. This Simpson. was like a very oh, Sophia Loren. Sophia Loren. Yeah. I think Richard Harris. Yeah. What 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 is your recollection? It was just very slapstick. It was like all the usual. Maybe it was the big bus, and I thought it was a train. The big bus with Joe Bologna. Maybe. Maybe yeah. it was that. Yeah. Uh, last but not least from this delightful TV turkeys book sent by Josh Chambers is a variety show. And I had many choices here. Oh, I did not pick thick of the night, (laughs) which is is in the book. We'll do another show down the road because there's so many, uh, awful shows in this book that deserve to be mentioned. Now I'm going to take a wild guess that in this book, they have manimal. They do have manimal. It's in the back. In fact, they grouped manimal with two similar shows, in fact, they they gave it its own chapter called Manimalia at at NBC. <laughs> because they grouped it with Man from Atlantis, with Patrick yes. Duffy, who was a who was a merman, and Misfits of Science oh. with Courtney Cox. Yeah, because Manimal Misfits. was one of these like jaw droppers where the guy had the skill to turn into any animal Simon McCorkendale. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I believe we talked about Manimal on a previous. What what was that Courtney Cox one? Courtney Cox was on a show called Misfits of Science. When was that? Does it say when? This is is the 90s. Misfits of Science. I'm wrong. Misfits of Science was 84. A very young Courtney Cox. Manimal was 83. Yeah, she would have been doing friends by the 90s. Manimal was nothing as pedestrian as a mere manfish. He was a college professor named Jonathan Chase. Gilbert loves these premises. <laughs> who could transform himself into any creature at will. His, his powers apparently came from his father, who was sole heir to the secret link that binds man and animal. Ah, who, see, that explains That it. explains it. <laughs> see, because before you think it's idiotic. But now you go, oh, right. okay. When you okay. understand the science behind yes. it. <laughs> yeah, uh, Misfits of Science uh, was was about teen superheroes. Uh, Is this God. Nerd, nerds take over the world? And Dean Martin's son, Dean Paul Martin, Ooh. was on Misfits of Science. Um Anyway, we'll do Misfits of Science in a future show. Let me knock off this last variety show, which is one that Gilbert and I love to talk about from 1980, produced by Sid and Marty Croft. 
Oh, I know what this one is. Gil- Gilbert? This is yes, this young man right here. The Partridge. No. Nope. Uh, not the not, Partridge? No, no, you're thinking of the Brady Bunch. The Brady. The Brady Bunch. Somehow that did not make this book. <laughs> no. He may have run out of pages. Wow. I am talking about the infamous Pink Lady and Jeff. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. They were a Japanese singing sensation Correct. in Japan. Correct. Could not speak a word of English which when they, they were high. Which they didn't know. They yeah. Were, they, you mean for real? They were. They couldn't speak English. They, they were a real singing yeah, duo. Yeah. In Japan. Right. And they they said, hey, they're big. Mine, Hire them. Mine the Moto and K Masuda. And they, they couldn't say hello and goodbye in English. <laughs> <laughs> well, well the, the, they, uh, Silverman signed Pink Lady because they were selling a lot of records in Japan. They had no prile, profile, again, Fred Silverman, Yes, by yeah. the way. We have to have him here. No profile in the States. And Silverman reportedly, he loved them so much he had a Pink Lady poster on his office wall. Uh, he had moved to NBC after bringing both CBS and ABC to the top. The Osmonds had been canceled and Friday night had an opening for yes. a variety series. And they got, uh, yeah. Jeff Altman, a comic. Correct. Jeff Altman was, yeah. The Tony Orlando to pink ladies dawn, <laughs> uh, if you will. And, and they couldn't do bits together <laughs> no. because they couldn't speak English. Well, it was yeah. sort of Norm Crosby shtick. Yeah. They would learn just enough English to yes. to, to be guilty of malapropisms yes. and not understand the language. And that became the joke every week. And well, then each episode would end with Jeff either jumping in or being pushed into a hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who came up with that. <laughs> they got desperate. They added Jim Varney to the cast. Oh, Jim Ur- Varney. Ernest. Yeah. Uh, it was yanked after a month. Altman was coming off of the Cosby variety show, Cos, which is, oh. also, which is also in this book, I might add, and the Starland Vocal Band. Starland Vocal. Oh, what did they? Oh, they had tell me. Star, uh, Star yeah. Rockets in Flight. That's yeah. it. Afternoon, Afternoon Delight. That's it. They had Very one good. hit. They were a one-hit wonder, and they yep. got a summer variety series. There you go. And one of the repertory members on that show was a young David Letterman. Oh, they oh, a, that's right. Wait, they get a series and not Ben Gazzara? That's, there you go. You're doing Gilbert's act? <laughs> and, and, and they there's like one clip I saw of two of them like years later. Pink Lady and Jeff? Uh, no, no. Uh, Starline oh, Vocal Band. Oh, the Starline band, Vocal Band. Where I think they used to be a couple. In there, they were. That two sounds of them. right. Well, it's a sex song, and and uh, one of the guys talking, and the the woman is making no tr- trying to hide it at all. How much she hates. <laughs> she is shooting daggers at him. It is the weirdest thing to watch. Skyrockets in flight, afternoon delight. Back in the seventies, when they wrote, you know, those sort of obvious. We, we tumble to the ground and then we say, "I think we're alone." <laughs> oh, that one or Melanie's brand new key. Yeah, this, this, yeah. these are sex songs. And, and that's that's the kind of thing that got people talking, like. Hey, you know what that song yeah, means? Yeah, Midnight at the Oasis. Oh, yes. Send, yes. send your camel to bed. These like songs now. are making me uncomfortable, fellas. Yes. <laughs> sex songs. I'm going to talk to We've HR. done death songs of the 70s. Yeah. We need to do sex, sex songs. songs of sex the songs. 70s. We'll do that. Y- you got- know what else we could? I was thinking with the, the Fred Silverman thing, there's any number of examples where somebody got a hit and then later on was given all kinds of creative freedom and made a mess of it, like Deer Hunter and... 
Uh, oh, Chimino. Chimino. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. Might, that, that might make a mini sometime. That's interesting. Yeah. That's a show about hubris. Yeah, Great exactly. of hubris. <laughs> My favorite part of Pink Lady and Jeff is they bring a young Brandon Tartikoff, young executive, yeah. was put in charge of developing the show. They brought in Sid and Marty. And Sid... <laughs> came up with an idea where the entire show comes out of a tiny Japanese box. Okay. <laughs> oh, I don't know what that means. I love Sid we've, Croft. We've seen they, so they, they, also, they also invented the biggest escalator in the world. Yeah. So it's like a Simpsons well, game. Yeah, we can. <laughs> the escalator yeah. to nowhere. Yeah. The show was yanked after a month, only five episodes. Pink Lady went back to Japan. And the rest is history. I wonder where they are now. I don't know. Our friend Mark Evanier, who did this podcast, was the head writer on Pink oh, Lady and oh, Jeff. Wait, wait, wait. Talk about uh, uh, important information. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you tell me that someone found Papillon Susu? Oh, yes. Yeah. We yes, found her. Yeah. Well, we found her. But I put uh, you but in touch with her guy and Frank you, found her. But you don't want her on the show. A fan got your got her to autograph a picture for you and is sending it to you. Wow. Yeah, I wanted you to be surprised, but wow. I guess I, I guess I told you. Yeah. My favorite thing is when we, we, we asked Sid and Marty about Pink Lady and Jeff, and Marty said we knew we were in trouble. What the day we signed the deal was December seventh. Oh <laughs> man! <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this is a fun book. TV turkeys, uh, Pink Lady and Jeff, uh, Super Train, Turn On, uh, God. There's so. By the way, Jerry Lewis was a guest on a Pink Lady and Jeff episode. Ooh. Would you like to find that? Ooh, yeah. Sid Caesar, Burt Parks, Alice Cooper, Bobby Vinton, Florence Henderson, and Lauren Green Ooh. were among the people they managed to. Sh to I guess they just wrote big fat checks. Yeah. To get them to appear on. Uh, but we'll do this book again because there's some fun ones in here that uh, that mean a lot to Gilbert. In fact, Hogan's Heroes yes. is in this book. And there's a couple of variety shows that I had actually forgotten about. And now Flying Nun is in bringing here. back the a Nun. reboot of Hogan's Heroes. Are they really? Which is like the grandchildren. Where did you hear that? Of the pe yeah. Well. They're, that, that, that's got to make Hogan's Heroes look like a classic. We'll, well do. Yeah, well, if they if if the Nazis were funny then, and they're even funnier now. Yeah, <laughs> there, there's some. I won't give it away because we'll do another episode from this book. But there uh, there are some in here that mean a lot to Gilbert. Yes, that's all I'll say, and we'll 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 get to it. So thank you, Josh Chambers, for the book. We got a whole episode out of it. Thank you, Raybone. Maybe Happy we'll do that movie book that you discovered too. We could we could try down, that. Down yeah, when line. you get a chance. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, Frank. Thank you, Paul. Gilbert, call Papillon. Oh yes. Get her on the line. You want to take us out? Ah, uh, okay. This has been... <laughs> or not. <laughs> Gilbert and Frank's amazing colossal obsessions with the unbelievably useless Raybone. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I found the mermaids. I found the That's damn mermaids. That's in the book. The Paul Rayburn <laughs> Wow Show is in the book. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.